0: Wellness and Wisdom, where we explore the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness Force Media, all the beautiful, rich, tasty, wholesome, and discounted wellness products at our store page, joshtrend.com forward slash store. Now with the holidays coming, we stocked our store with incredible deals. I've been doing a ton of work to try to cut out the middleman and get you the biggest savings possible on many of the products that you're probably already purchasing, but now you can save upwards to 40% off, which mark my words is much cheaper than Amazon. You heard me right. You will get the hookup at joshtrent.com forward slash store. Your support purchasing products that are healthy and give you vitality and energy that you're already purchasing. You can just now get them for an even bigger discount at joshtrent.com forward slash store. This helps to support this podcast. As you know, this podcast is delivered multiple times per week for free, so when you support yourself and support the people you love and save money, it's a trifecta win. It's a triple win for all of us, and you get to be well and healthy in the process. JoshTrent.com forward slash store. Get everything and anything for your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial wellness. Hi, podcast world. It's Josh Trent. You've made it to the Wellness and Wisdom podcast If you are just joining us for the first time, this may or may not be the best place for you to start. Today is a special re-release from the Dr. Nikki Siso podcast titled Legends, Be Free from the Trappings of the Mind with Josh Trent. This is where Dr. Nikki and I go deep into EI, emotional intelligence, and the trappings of the mind, the shadows, the unconscious competence, all the things from being a victim of our own intelligence to the intentional sedation of society, We cover on this podcast what it takes to overcome opposing forces, build resilience to challenges, and become our most powerful embodied selves. Make sure you listen to Legends with Dr. Nikki wherever podcasts are played. And also, if you love this podcast, leave us a review, joshtrent.com forward slash review. Every Friday, I deliver a interview that I was on where the host really connected their head to heart. They asked powerful questions, and really it was worthy for your time, for your energy, And for you to be able to get motivation and inspiration about your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial nourishment that you signed up for here on planet earth, let's drop in with Dr. Nikki.
1: Josh Trent, I'm so excited. Thank thanks, for,
0: thanks for being here. Uh, thanks thank for coming you. to the home.
1: I'm so grateful you offered your home. Yeah. Studio. Well, this actually, is awesome.
0: technically it's not my home. It is the, the recording studio, but it. it feels like a home because I'm here almost as much as my regular home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you have the Wellness and Wisdom podcast. You've published over 460 episodes at this point.
0: Yeah. And then a bunch of them we didn't number, so it's closer to 500.
1: Amazing. Yeah. What's your driver?
0: The driver? Yeah. The driver for me is my own humility for the things that I still need to learn. Mm. Yeah, that's the driver. And then by me sharing that, you know, the intention is that it opens up that spaciousness for others where we can just be like honest about what we still have to learn, about the wisdom that we have acquired, and, and, and share that with authentic- authenticity.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's one of the things that I really honor about you listening to your podcast is that you are a way shower by being a way seeker. Mm. In other words, you are an exceptional teacher because you are an exceptional student. Thank you. You stay in that mindset of always wanting to learn. I'm
0: definitely a student. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really comes through and it's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys, if you haven't checked out Wellness and Wisdom, it's a must, a must. So part of uh, that expression, it was part of your... um, Purpose, it sounds like, and and your message that you're getting across on that podcast is um, this concept of a pentagon of wellness. Can you share what that looks like?
0: Yeah. You know, we've all seen the old barns or just a house in general. It has a roof and then it has two walls and a floor. And I feel like this is my house. You know, this is where we live. And so the pentagon for me has just been this consistent learning curve of how am I showing up and what am I actually doing for my financial health, for my spiritual health, for my emotional health, for my mental health, and then also my physical. So those are the five parts of the Pentagon. And of course, I have to give credit to a mentor, right? Paul Cech was the one that had the wellness quadrant, and, and that was all of them except for the financial. And the biggest learning curve for me here on planet Earth has been the financial piece because- it's easy if we're funded, like if, if you and I were a trust funder and we had like hundred K coming in every month and we could just do whatever we want, I would think it would be actually an insult to society and ourselves if we didn't manage the other four, but there's a learning curve in life. And that is we have to, we signed up to be here on planet earth. We have to take care of our financial health and the demands of our financial health. They, they are really a, a reciprocation of what we're putting out of service, and also how we're not selling ourselves out. And I think a lot of people sell themselves out. And so there's some serious wisdom to learn with the financial because really the financial affords the other four, our capacity to nourish the other four. Not all the time, but mostly because we're here in the 3D world with responsibilities and rent and you know the, the cost of producing a podcast and, and everything else.
1: Yeah, and if you're financially stressed, it makes <laughs> it very difficult to be... Uh, high level in all those other four areas. Yeah. It, it, it makes it just more challenging if you have that burden of, I, I can't, you know, survive or, or afford my, the roof over my head.
0: Yeah. There's like an existential stress that I think a lack of financial health, it, it constitutes this almost background tension that I think the most of our country feels. And that's actually how people get mostly controlled. Like we're in the matrix. You know, we're in the fuck. Can I cuss on your show? Yeah,
1: you can curse. <laughs> but, but not a lot. <laughs> yeah, Dude, go for it. I curse.
0: We're in the fucking matrix. Yes, we are. <laughs> We're in the fucking matrix. And so in the matrix, when my amygdala and when my physiology is hijacked by the news or fear of financial stress or fear of not having enough... That can make people act from scarcity. And anytime I've ever acted from scarcity, which I'm not batting a thousand, but I feel like I'm well further along the path. Anytime I'm acting from scarcity, my decisions, my relationships, everything about me, it's not going to be as peaceful. It's not going to be in flow. It's going to be coming from this, like, how much can I get versus how can we make this work for each other? And, And I think that's what's going on with our world is unfortunately so much of the population is stuck in the fucking matrix that... Most of their decisions are, and in every category, they're, they're coming from how much can I get? How much can I get? And that is just the wrong place to be because the universe does not like that. The universe does not respond well when I, all I'm doing is seeing what I can get from others.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a bit of a catch-22 though because in order to make finances – I believe that you have to have these other four quadrants in check like your yeah. your your spiritual connection you're you're eating well you become a clear channel to to receive the messages to be guided right you you need all these other four to be in yeah. balance in a way not need some people make great money without them in balance
0: yeah but then you can see it like I have a son. And so last night I was sharing with you before we hit the record button that today is a day where I'm not fully like slept. I don't have as much nourishing sleep in my system. So everything that we choose to embark upon like parents, there's a load there of finances and a physicality that requires adjustment. So I have to adjust myself to know like, okay, and not every day is going to be perfect. It's very different than when you're single. It's very different than when you're not carrying the load of a family (laughs) energetically and financially. So, you know, there's this Nikki, it feels like there's this constant calibration for all of us, Mm -hmm. but especially more when you're responsible for others you know when you maybe pay a staff or support a family like the the way that it feels energetically it, it requires a stronger back it, re- it requires more emotional resilience and it requires a lot more inquiry you know like the recapitulation stuff we <laughs> we talked about on the phone and yeah. and there's so much that goes into uh being able to handle it all right being able to to thrive through it all
1: yeah it's true is that what led you to your 100 hour journey share about that experience it's yeah so uh,
0: so the vision quest. Yes. Um, have you ever done something like that?
1: No, but I've heard of them. It's four days, no food, just yes. water, alone in nature.
0: So for people that don't know a vision quest, it's it's actually ten days long, the whole experience. Four of those days are fasting, and and so for three days you go through a lot of ego stripping exercises, like basically you know holding a pad of paper, writing down exactly what's coming up for you, and then eventually over time. All the things from the subconscious mind come up, you know, my deepest fears, my deepest insecurities, the things that I'm still harboring resentment for others for. That's the stuff that's much like the financial stress running in the background. That's the emotional stuff that's running in the background. We just can't access it from the conscious mind all the time. So that was my quest to go on this vision quest and, and clean up and clear out a lot of the stuff that I'm still holding on to or that, that I'm in scarcity about. And uh, for the four days of fasting, I sat there in the site and just water, little tarp, sleeping pad, and a sleeping bag. And that's it. You know, And of course, I had clothes. I wasn't naked. Although I did get naked a few times, <laughs> which, <laughs> As you which is fun. Being, being in nature with just water and fasting, it is a psychedelic experience. Really? I'll tell you. Because after those four days, when you come back to the group, That's when you sit in a circle and you really share, you know, like this was my process. This was my ceremony, but I did the ceremony without any medicine, except for the medicine of nature. No psychedelics were needed. Um, I have my thoughts about psychedelics, especially now at this stage in my life. And so what I really, what I really took home from that was it's okay to let go of things that you wanted to be a, a different way. It's okay even to let go of parents. So I, I got to actually let go of my father. I did a ceremony out there where I buried my father. Now, he's still alive, but I got to bury him in what I call the kindness ceremony. Like, I'm letting you go. I'm burying you from kindness. The door is open if we can have a healthy relationship with with healthy, beautiful, loving parameters. If not, then you know I choose to let that go. I don't need to it was so relieving. Like, I don't need to make things other than what they are. Mm. I don't need to make things other than what they are. And that can be really confronting for, for people. It was for me because I think inside of all of us, there's this, there's this young woman or young man and they live inside of us. They, it's what brings us joy. It's what allows us to express ourselves on a podcast, but there's an adult archetype. There's an adult faculty that, that also has to parent that child so inside of me, there's a young boy, and also there's a man who's a father to a young boy and and a partner to my woman and a creator for my business. And so really, when I clean out the resentment and when I clean out the stuff that's making me white knuckle, that's making me stressed or making me feel sorrow, especially grief, I think really why most people go on a quest is because they're seeking relief from their grief. They just, they want to let go of grief, but you know, they haven't exactly, quote, figured out how. And that's the paradox because I can't use my mind. I can't use my intellect to release a emotional or spiritual issue. It just doesn't work. It's like um, going into a church and not praying and and figuring out the five best ways to pray, but you're not actually praying. You know, you're not actually meditating. You're not actually doing the hard work of cleaning the weeds out of the garden. And the longer that I or we let those weeds grow— um, sometimes the more challenging it is to to rip them out, so the quest for for me was like the ultimate weeding of of the garden.
1: It sounds like you did that by letting go of your expectations or desires for things to be different than as they are, yeah,
0: yeah, beautiful,
1: right yes, that's the the weeding essentially is that you're you're pulling out the expectation.
0: <laughs> oh, this is so good. Well, I, I hear you, and I'm going to add a plus sign on top of that. Okay, because I have I have the experience to know that if I if I force things, and it's so funny because this year on two twenty two twenty two, I I let go of the podcast Wellness Force, which was my old name, and then we brought in Wellness Wisdom, and I thought, oh, what what a cool what a cool way to let go of the things that aren't serving me publicly and to share that story because force is something in nature that can't always be trusted. I mean, a, a, tidal wave or tsunamis or earthquakes, or even, you know, animals, tigers and, and stallions. Like we can't always trust these energies. We have to be aware that, that nature isn't always kind. There's, there's a lot of parts of nature within ourselves and the nature we live in that, that, um, really doesn't have any room for for falsities or for for bullshit. And so if I'm bullshitting myself and I'm trying to make things, I'm forcing to make things different than how they actually are, life's gonna be pretty hard. But the plus sign I was going to put on top of that was I can I can persuade, I can put out my intention and I can say, I want life to be this way. It's coming from a, a good space. I you know, Whether it's in a relationship or a business, I, c- I don't have to just blindly accept how things are. I don't have to just sit back on my laurels and say, oh, I'm just surrendering to how things are. I, I think there's also ways that we can change how things are. But the paradox is, how do I accept what is and not try to force change? but also how do I accept what is and and express my heart for the desire of something different mm. and that is the ultimate learning curve I feel like as a soul as a
1: human being and when you're coming from that perspective your delivery will be that much more received yeah. Because it's not a force. Nobody wants to be forced into anything. Mm-hmm. But rather when you stand in your sovereignty and, and and you say this is, you know, maybe unacceptable behavior to me anymore, yeah, you are welcome to change or you're welcome to not be in my life so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like right. you get the other person still gets choice.
0: Yeah. And then of course when we do that, we have to look at how we've created the situation that we're also resisting letting go of. Which is that's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> that's hardcore because, like, look at m- my relationship right now. There's certain challenges, but there's also beauty. And so, if I if I weigh the scale, as long as both people, as long as both, you know, however you relate, right? In my relationship, it's a heterosexual relationship, but this applies to all relationships. Yeah. If if the partnership has an agreement and there's values and y'all are moving forward together, and that scale isn't super lopsided to where of the time is conflict and 20% is love. As long as you're balancing to be more in the middle, I think that it's okay to continue to uh, persuade and have desire for things to be different. But if the universe is bringing me the evidence that something is always 90, 10, 90 conflict, 10 love or 80 conflict, 20% love. um, I think that that's a sign for, for people to let go. And it's not just intimate relationships. It's, it's business, it's life, it's friendships. And that can be really hard to do,
1: yeah, there's a I've taken the spiritual contracts um uh, program once before, and they talk about a, a you form a contract on the cloud, they say, so before you come down onto earth
0: oh, is this is Caroline mice, yeah, oh cool,
1: um and Ron and Michael, I believe ron um
0: Ronda burn, yeah, okay,
1: um so before you come down onto earth you uh Form this spiritual contract that when you, you come into this planet, people that are really close to you, like your parents or your, your siblings or your children, uh, they're generally speaking someone that you have this contract with. And, and it might be a contract that you're going to trigger the fuck out of each other. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, and in a way, force growth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Uh, force separation. Sure. Right. Sure. But um, the opportunity—if you can see it as an opportunity—to thank you for for challenging me into a, a next level growth.
0: Well, damn it, Nikki, that's so mature. <laughs> I mean, really, that's, that's, that's ultimate maturity. Like, that's not spiritual babble to me. Five, five to seven years ago, before I started the podcast, if I would have heard you speak like that, I would have probably projected onto you that what you're saying isn't true because I was afraid that it was true. Hmm. But, but I know that what you're saying is true because I remember learning about this a while back. There's, there's the twin flame and then there's the soul mate. And with the soulmate, you know, you and I could be soulmates as friends. Soulmates are, are sometimes not romantic at all. They're just loving relationships that nudge and, and guide us along the way. But I do feel like twin flames, maybe we get one, maybe we actually, we only get one. Because if you look at the, the history of, of the twin flame, it means that when you came into the world as a flame, your soul split and there's only one twin flame for you ever in this oh. lifetime. And so if people do come together as twin flames in this lifetime, it can be the most hot, the most burning, the most passionate, but also the most violent or, or the most disrupting because it's so different than a soulmate. You know, a soulmate can be somebody that you, it could be a work wife or a work husband, <laughs> you know, mm. it could be a, a really great friendship. Um, and so a lot of us get caught up in this like, oh, so-and-so is my soulmate, so I have to be with them. You don't have to be with your soulmate. And you can also, because of free will, you can choose to not be with your twin flame either. So there's a huge, there's a difference there, I feel.
1: Yeah, important. Explain this concept of EI squared.
0: Yes. Okay. This came to me after the quest. Okay. Because I realized that I was a victim of my own intellect. I'm a... I'm a driven man. And so as a driven man with a hypervigilant tendency, with an attachment style of anxiousness, that my work in this world is actually to find that yin-yang balance, to be in the middle. Well, the only way I'm going to do that is if I'm listening to all three parts of myself. And all three parts of myself are, yes, I have the mind and the mind is a beautiful thing. But you can relate, like your mind sometimes gets you maybe in trouble. I don't know, unless you're perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, yes. so I, I have
0: this lens. I have I have these three lenses, this kaleidoscope that I that I teach, and and the mind is one lens, and it's a beautiful lens, and it deserves honoring. But if I only ever look at my life through the lens of my mind, I'm screwed. I'm not going to get anywhere. And then there's this lens of the heart, and I think that's a really beautiful lens because. You know, we're we're here and we have on video, you can see it on Nikki's channel. There's the the heart chakra and and we all have that. And that's why it's glowing here in the artwork because that is, I believe, the most powerful lens. I think the heart is the most powerful lens to see things through, but sometimes it can be challenging if there's too much of a disconnect between the head lens and the heart lens. Uh, David Hawkins talks about the space between our head and our heart for most people being the biggest space in the world, even though it's only like a foot. or or 18 inches. And then the third lens is the lens of our soul. That that I believe is the lens of God. It's the lens that we don't understand. It's the lens that whispers to us. It's the lens that we all know is there, but we, we can't always put words onto it. It's, it's the intuition, right? It's not just, it's not just the, the instinct. And so this alignment of emotional intelligence and emotional inventory, that's why it's EI squared or emotional intelligence squared. There's an inventory that my mind creates. There's an awareness and, and a, uh, an understanding of the world that my heart creates. And then there's a guidance from my soul that's truly connected to God. And I don't think that God is a bearded dude in the sky you know I, I think that god, god god is is this omnipresent energy that that really doesn't have a sex you know I, I think when it comes to the universe, there's no such thing as gender um but I think there's archetypes we understand, like you know god the the father or earth, the mother. I think those are archetypes that are easy for us to take in. And so this this EI2 is really emotionally intelligence, emotional intelligence squared because it brings a whole new level of understanding to how I live my life if I choose to do the work and make sure that all three of those lenses that I discussed are truly in alignment. And it's easy for, for me, it's easy for any of us to bullshit and say, oh yeah, they're totally in alignment. I'm listening to my soul. I have an open heart. I'm working on my mental health. But a lot of times what happens is the mind is so powerful and we live in a world that really celebrates the mind and only the mind that the heart and the soul lenses can get clouded and they can be really false, False. I don't wanna say false prophets, but they can be deemed as false prophets or deemed as as the lenses we quote, should not look through. When really, the majority of people, I think, are only looking through the lens of their mind. And meanwhile, inside of us, inside of all of us, there is an ocean of feelings and emotions and capital T trauma and lowercase t trauma that is guiding everything. And the mind is there just smashing it down and saying, oh, well, I know you're giving me this sensation. I know you're giving me this guidance, soul. But they can be so ignored because, again, our society celebrates intellect. Our society celebrates science. But the society that we're in doesn't necessarily celebrate the the lens of the heart or the lens of the soul. It just doesn't. And so that's the process of inventory. And there's an emotional inventory process that I take people through, but that's really making sure that that all three parts of me, all three parts of me are aligned. Yeah. yeah.
1: It takes a conscious effort. It speaks to the analytical listener that, want support. How do you drop into your heart?
0: Yeah, I just did it right now. Eh. You have to breathe. Mm. You know, I, uh, three years ago, um, I did a very, very deep process. It was 2019. I went to Thailand for a month and I trained, uh, with Niraj from Soma breath. And I got so deep into the power of breath work and what it can actually release from my body, like the tissues in my body that I came back home, I had already been, I had already been doing breathwork for a couple of years, but nothing like doing a month straight in a foreign country. And when I came back home, I had this incredible inspiration to actually have a program. Uh, and I, I own a site and a program, it's breathwork.io, and it's the Breathe Breath and Wellness program. And so it's this three-week process that I take people through. And it was funny, I'm sure you can relate to this, when I was creating it, all kinds of stuff came up for me. Where when I was doing the practices and I was doing the filming and I was doing the creation, the more I would breathe, the more stuff would start coming out. And a lot of it was, again, like I think the two big ones or three big ones are resentment, sadness, and grief. Those are the things that that came out. So I, I think I, what was your initial question?
1: How do you drop into the heart?
0: Yes. Thank you for that reminder. Pleasure. So the reason, I, the reason I gave all that backstory is because I think that the number one tool to drop into our heart is to take a big belly breath <sighs> and really extend the exhale. Because when I extend the exhale, it gives me spaciousness to be just for a moment over to my parasympathetic branch of the nervous system. And when I'm over there, and I'm sure you've talked about this on your show, the, the vagus nerve and parasympathetic and sympathetic. So just a, a super quick mini class. The parasympathetic is what is accessed primarily by the, the hard wiring of our amygdala and the vagus nerve. And that's what pushes us over to be in peace, to be in relaxation. I don't know if it's actually possible long-term to have, quote, an open heart if you're constantly stuck in sympathetic, which is like the fight, the flight the freeze or the fawn, you know, there's many different ways that sympathetic comes online. And so how do we open our heart? We open our heart by taking as many belly breaths with an extended exhale as we need. And then from that space, things can come back into alignment with the EI2, right? Making sure that my lenses are are centered. And then from there, it takes courage. You know, just because you're aligned doesn't mean that you're always going to speak your absolute truth. You also have to have courage, and I think courage comes from life experience. I think courage comes from us going through challenging situations where we, we, we share and it's not received, or we take the bold step and we fall. I think it's that constant process of sharing and being vulnerable and, and really speaking what is the truth for us, and also not shaming ourselves when we haven't, when we haven't garnered the courage to, to say things. I think that that's how we keep an open heart is like this constant kind of falling forward process at times where we're we're using our breath, we're aligning the three lenses. And then we also are just humble and we're vulnerable. And we say, hey, I wanted something to work out. I did my best to share from all three of the parts of myself and I failed miserably <laughs> or, or it didn't work out or whatever it is. And then just to take another breath and then just to start again. Mm.
1: I'm hearing that you're, you're, Basically teaching to drop into your body. And so so it's literally taking from your headspace the mind. And by taking that deep breath, you're dropping into the body. And your body has such an intelligence, your heart specifically, right? But your your body stores so much wisdom. And we're, I teach this, is that we're energetic beings and we can literally tap into an energetic field, if you will. Yes. Um, and we can get the answers that we're looking for. And it, it's that simple as asking a question and listening. And it sounds maybe. Too far woo for some, but uh, the, the breath, paying attention, really dropping into the sensations within your body and then inviting a question, even as simple as like, is coffee good for me? And you'll feel, if it's not, a swirling in your stomach, maybe like a crunching or a, a, like a contraction. And you'll feel a light airiness if it is. And you can do this with everything, mm. with any question that you have, whether it's uh, staying in a relationship or buying a building or it can yeah. really be applied to everything. But your, yes. your body, your energetic body knows Uh, the answers because we are all connected on this energetic field. And, And when you, when you get to that level of, uh, understanding and it's it's not even it's not anyone's above it's just a matter of tuning in and realizing that this vessel is really powerful you just have to learn how to use it and tap in and you know the secret kind of got us there a little bit like we just start opening realizing we're, we're an antenna we got yeah. like like remember those rabbit ears sure <laughs> Back with, in with the, the foil on them <laughs> <Yeah, you gotta laughs> kind of like fine tune them right yeah and, um, and, and the way to do that to really get clear is, is through what we started with the, the nutrition and feeding your body well with clean, organic food. Um, doing your breath work and your meditation every morning, cleaning, clearing that mind, settling it down, like all the different getting in nature for a hundred hours of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and then you become this really clear channel, uh, clear vessel to, to get the messages. And I think that third quadrant that you were talking about, um, it wouldn't be a quadrant. The lens, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The third lens uh, you can really tap into at that point.
0: Wow, you just shared so much. I love that. I really love that. You know, this is why I love podcasting because I've never had this thought before. Okay, good. And and it feels true in this moment. So we'll see. When you were speaking, I, I saw and I don't know if it was in my third eye, just in my, in my consciousness, which I was going to ask you, what do you think that actually is? Cause you brought up the field, right? Like what is the field? Maybe we can jam on that. But I was, I was thinking this thought and I noticed that it, it felt real for a moment. And that was, there's, there's these three big stages that I feel like we all go through as human beings in the way that we uh, adapt in the way that we course correct. And I think one of them is like, we're just doing the daily stuff. We're kind of going through the grind. You know, we're Attending to our responsibilities, we're we're doing our daily breath work, we're doing our our daily sharing, our our daily recapitulation, our our daily nutrition, our daily stuff, and, and it's really like more proactive in nature. And then I think we get inspired either from pain or pleasure, and we go to like the next level where it's like, okay, I'm going to do a vision quest, or I'm going to become a a PhD. You know, I'm going to do these things that are totally outside of the norm. Uh, of the normal lens of proactiveness. And I'm going to take it the next level. And then of course we can't stay there forever because I think we should spend most of our time in that first level. And then for some, they they have such a hunger and, and such a desire to grow or such a desire to connect with what is that they'll go to the third level. And that might be intense holotropic breathing or doing a plant medicine ceremony or doing like a two week intensive on NLP going, going beyond that second level. And of course, if we spend too much time there, then we're going to burn out. So I think it is this kind of constant sine wave where it's like, maybe we spend the most of our time here. Maybe sometimes we're here at level two, maybe occasionally we're at level three, but unfortunately this is what most people in society they, they fall prey to. And that is you need to do more, you know, the, the dragon of doing more, 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 more. And I've definitely fallen into that. So I feel like if we look at life as a sine wave, we spend most of our time in level one doing the daily practices that are amazing. And by the way, you don't have to do level one. Maybe some people never even do one, two or three, they're at zero. <laughs> they, they don't even do the three levels. And so I was just feeling that when you're speaking, like, wow, where am I? Where am I actually spending my time? Is it at, is it a consciousness level one? Is that at consciousness two or three? Because I only have so much chi to give. You know, there's only so much life force energy inside of me. So I have to be not have to. I, I really have a desire to be mindful about what level of consciousness and spiritual growth do I allow myself to stick at, knowing that if I always mash the gas pedal down, there's going to be some kind of disease that manifests. Or if I mash the gas pedal down halfway and I never break, there's going to be some kind of disease that manifests.
1: So Mm. that's
0: interesting. I was just feeling that when you were talking.
1: I can speak to the disease manifesting. Uh, With type 1 diabetes, I uh, was very impulse-driven. Yeah. And a uh, pleasure seeker, that combination <laughs> is a dangerous one. So, any craving I had, I satisfied. And, uh-huh. and um, yeah, and I definitely like the sweetness of life. But uh, so, yes, I, and, and, and on that note, if your body is breaking down in any way, it's talking to you,
0: it's telling you to it's go a- to level one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or maybe three. Maybe, maybe there's three temp more exploring yeah. to do, and yeah. yeah, but you can you can go too far on level three. Sometimes I mean I call it one foot stuck in the spirit world. You can tell people who've done a little too much plant medicine.
0: Oh yeah, where they're like, "Hey brother, let's do a forty-five second hug," and I just want to share with you about what's happening to my aura right now. I'm sorry, my crystal is fifty pounds that I'm wearing on my neck. Yeah. Oh, don't mind my white cape that's flowing in the wind. I'm just on a mountain. Like there's just and that to me is is that can be like the, the unhealthy expression of spiritual growth that mm. is glamorized, yeah. where everyone's a guru, everybody's got a channel, everybody's presenting themselves in a way that, that they really aren't, which is why I'm, I'm always down to get real, yeah. you know, to really get real.
1: For me, it was always sufficient to dabble, uh, to experience it, and then I take the lessons, and I'm totally satisfied for three, four, five, six months, maybe a year. Sweet. I'm I'm elevated. I get the the lessons. I downgrade, uh, upgrade through the downloads. Yeah. Right. And and um, and I'm satiated, and I my soul has got that what it needs for the next phase of my life. Um, yeah. I never went full on. I I got enough out of each session. And I honor that. That's more wise. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's definitely more wise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you uh, mentioned recapitulation. Ooh, I almost you, got it. You did it. I did no, it. No, you did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this concept's fascinating to me. So, it, it's about knowing the source of your wound. And I originally was really deep diving into it, specifically with plant medicine and breath work as my. One of my favorite modalities, just because there's no toxicity, you can get in and out. Your yeah. brain produces DMT, right? So you can actually create the chemicals you're ingesting uh, it through plants yeah. with your own brain. It's kind of cool. Uh, and I was on this quest to really explore and deep dive what's gotten stuck in my body. What is the ancestral trauma that's been passed down? I'm um, second generation Holocaust survivor. Um, wow. So from yeah, so it's trauma passed down and passed through and uh, unintentionally, obviously my mother couldn't have loved me more and she was a hurt soul. She didn't get her needs met. And so that um, manifested as um, anger and, and super critical, um, very judgmental of her her surroundings and me included. And um, so I went on quite a long journey. I would say the last 20 years, two decades of trying to get that out because then it ends up it ended up showing up as a harsh inner critic of my own and that that initial environment of hypercriticism led to me being a hypercritic mm. and i noticed i realized that i was dimming my light and i wasn't shining bright like i i was capable of and i was stopping myself so my point of sharing all of that is there was part of me that really needed to understand the root, right? And to get to the, the cause. And now my, now that I've seen it, I feel like I've gotten it out of my body. I, I've done enough ceremonies to where I've, I've witnessed the the pain.
0: So you think.
1: Pour, right. Yeah. Of course. There's always more. Right? There's always more. There's always more. I can yeah. always peel the onion and get it to another layer. Yeah. No question. It's in my DNA. Uh, and there's part of me now that wants to stop quote unquote healing and, and focus all of my attention on growth and expansion. And what am I capable of? Right. And, and keep my attention. Cause as we know where attention goes, energy flows. Right? So Keep my attention on um, how am I here to serve and how can I make a big impact? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's a two-part journey. In my life, it certainly was. I needed to do the healing work and that deep work um, to then get to a place where I can expand.
0: Well, a- really, sorry to interrupt you. You're talking no. about all the fractals we experience Please, in life. go There's so, like in this artwork, there's all these little fractal patterns. And, and the fact that you and I are here, like when I sit with you, I sense your body, you sense my body, that I'm looking at all the micro muscles in your face. I'm knowing if you're safe to express with or not, or, or if you're enjoyable to express with or not. And you're doing the same to me. The, like even now, I think we all can relate to this. After you spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes with someone, there's, there's a more ease in our nervous system. I think when we first meet people, no matter how integrated you are in your ego, there's always a bit of, maybe just a tiny bit of vigilance or, or a tiny bit of, of heart closure. And I think as time goes by, we, we actually chemically bond with each other through that redox system, through our through our GI and and the second brain, the enteric nervous system. And then there's also just a collective energy that is fractal that connects us to the ultimate thing that you just described with, with your beautiful share, and that is the paradox. You and I are in a fucking paradox here on planet Earth. We think we have it all figured out. No, we don't. But then maybe we do, right? There's so many things that we learn where you're describing your journey in life and, and the generational trauma and not focusing on why the trauma is there or how do I heal the trauma? Or if I just go to Tony Robbins, or if I just go to one more ceremony, there's a time and a place for that. But in true paradox, also what can be most relieving and, and bring people to homeostasis is not focusing on why something happened or, or getting the root of why something happened, actually focusing on what they want to create. But the ultimate paradox is that spiritual bypassing can come in, and it can direct people to not explore the why at all, to completely ignore that, and not go into any kind of spiritual devotion or any kind of spiritual discovery. And all they do is focus on good vibes only, or I'm creating light in the world, or I'm focused on what I want to create. I have seen a paradox inside of a paradox there where many people, they only focus on what they want to create. And as they're focused on that, all the dark shit comes up. All the, all the dark shit comes up when they could have just spent a little bit more time in darkness that actually would be quicker and less painful rather than just focusing on good vibes only. And I think that's the paradox inside of the paradox.
1: Yeah. I, I... I feel like it was essential for me to have cleared that before I can really shine bright on, in the area I want to shine.
0: I asked a therapist this once. Okay, go. And, she, and I was like, how do we know how much time we should spend in the darkness versus <laughs> how much time we should focus on you know, the light and the service and yeah. what we want to create? And she was like, you'll know. Your soul will know. Right. Your soul will know when it's time to explore something. But then, of course, if we're ignoring our soul, then all we're going to do is intellect stuff, which makes us focus on good vibes only.
1: Hmm. So
0: I know that's not the answer that a lot of people probably want. Like, what do you mean my soul will know? Well, do soul work. You know, do soul work.
1: Again, it keeps bringing you back to the you have a clear vessel. You're going to get a clear message. Like it is not confusing when I ask for guidance from my spirit guides or there is very clear. It's like neon signs. <laughs> like it, it, it's not It's confusing. like the in and out
0: Burger era. <laughs> it's like, go there.
1: <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I was living in Tulum before Austin and I woke up one day and I was like, all right, I got my upgrades. I got what I needed from this place. What's next? Like living in Mexico gets old kind of quickly. Okay. It's physically demanding. There are potholes and all this, you know, you're on a bicycle in the heat. And then you came home to more potholes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and I asked, I was like, okay, what's next? And I just sent it out. By the end of the day, three different people talked to me about Austin. Three completely separate conversations about Austin. And I didn't, it just, they happened. I'm like, Okay neon sign pointing at Austin. Yes. That's next.
0: (laughs) Wow. 10 days later. Would you consider that to be like a a tickle and a nudge or was that more like a sledgehammer or a (laughs) a push?
1: Uh, For me, it was, I request, I request support. So I don't need the, I don't need the push. I ask for the guidance. And I think that's the difference asking is huge. Asking for feedback. Do you find
0: that women have, I'm not interviewing you. I know you're interviewing me. I just love our back hey, and go, forth. Go, go. Do you find that that's more challenging for men versus women?
1: I mean, so they say you guys are not so great at asking for directions, right? You, you know what it is? <laughs> I'll
0: share this from a man's perspective. Please. I think th- this feels good to share. I I have a sense that because of what I talked about earlier, the Pentagon, especially you know myself as a father and, and supporting the family financially, the, the capacity for us to switch between hunter and um, executioner is so challenging to go over to the side of heart openness and softness and creating a container to, for a woman to be held. The capacity for men right now is so massive compared to what it used to be. It is astronomically larger and women have their challenges too. I'm just speaking. I don't know what it's yeah. like to be a woman, but I'm speaking from my own life experience in being a man. If you go back to the 1950s and 60s, uh, it was actually way easier to be a man, way easier. Now in the, the 2010s, the 2020s, women require, they actually require it because I think that's consciousness expressing itself. Women require a man who can cut with a razor, hunt, kill, bring back food, make the money, carry you up the stairs, play the guitar, read poetry, hold space for you, <laughs> do emotional intelligence work. I mean, the, yep. the, the ticks on the box for men are so vast compared to what they used to be. I think we're all just having a gut check moment as men and being like, how do I do all of this? Yeah, How do I fucking do all of this? What we need, what I need from the feminine is we require softness. Mm. We, our world is so hard there is so many things that we have to quote do in order to be successful or hold the space for ourselves for our families that the most powerful thing that that a woman can do to support a man is actually like tune into that beautiful nurturing loving sweet nectar that's inside of all women and it's this um this nurturer and of course men can go into that too but but that's really what we need we need a fundamental shift where you know you yourself like you run a business, you have a lot of things, but you also do work to, you asked me, you're like, how do you be in your heart space? So there, there's a genuine curiosity that, that you're asking, like, how do I live my life well? And in relationships, I think every woman gets to ask, how do I support my man and be soft for my man so that I can give him that feminine cooling that he needs from the world that is really raising his temperature, you know, th- there's a lot of boxes that men need to tick. So we need women. We need y'all, and y'all, and y'all need us in certain 100%. ways, right? It, there's beauty there.
1: And, and from the opposite perspective, women are now being called to be the providers. It's. I think it's sick. I don't like it. I really don't. <laughs> it, it's actually pulling us into an unnatural state of like providing the money and f- forcing the action, and and it, it actually doesn't feel com- we can do it.
0: You can do it because you're, you're you're absolutely capable.
1: But it 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 it's not I don't think it doesn't it's not what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be in flow. I want to create loving spaces. I want to share wisdom. I you know, I want to, I want grace and ease and to create this loving heart-centered space. Yeah. That's my natural spa- space.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, this is really good because I've heard David Data talk about, you know, like the man, the man has to be an oak tree. An oak tree provides shade, it holds the space, it it can handle storms, it's emotionally resilient. To the degree that the rest of my life is taxing my capacity to be emotionally resilient, I have to be honest with my woman about the cooling that I need. And if I'm being honest with my woman about the cooling that I need and I'm not receiving that cooling, well, then I can't hold as much space for her. I, I can't, it's not a transactional relationship. I think it's a, it's a nature-based relationship. Yeah. If, if um, one of my mentors, Paul Check, he, he calls this successful white woman's disease ah. <laughs> where, where like it, it could be any nationality. It doesn't have to be white skin. It could be any skin color. But, but a lot of times because of our society and because of how roles are so rapidly shifting, I don't believe that it's the woman's nature to go hunt and kill and take care of the kids and make sure her man's not playing video games. Like, this is not what women are designed to do at all they're not. And, and a lot of what I see that confronts people is maybe in relationships here in Austin that I've seen, like a woman will be a coach that's like making a million dollars and her man is actually just supporting her. And i S I've seen in these men, two men specifically that I know, um, the struggle that creates in them, you know, because as men, it's, I think it's in our biology to provide, it's in our biology to, um, to hunt and to bring things back and to, and to put our arms around our family and to put our arms around our woman and say, I got you. I, I got you. Not because I have to, but because I fucking want to. Like it's expressing through my being. I just want to provide for you. And in exchange for that, in, in natural nature's reciprocity, in the same way that gravity pulls water down a, a mountainside, I think all that men require is, is softness. Softness from their woman.
1: What does that look like Tangibly. Like what's one thing a woman that like you're a woman does that you feel like, ah, oh, thank you.
0: I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I am hosting it and sharing it with you and I have something else to share with you. Coffee. It can be our friend or foe. Some of us battle with coffee. I know I have, especially with caffeine. Well, I have a caffeine free energy boost provided by nature's best to share with you. Real berries, powerful adaptogens, and extremely low sugar. This is my all-time favorite. It's the Organifi Red Juice. If you've been searching for a low sugar berry blend that actually reminds you of being a kid and drinking fruit punch or (laughs) Kool-Aid, but it's actually good for you, this is going to be a huge bonus for your nutrition. Rhodiola, cordyceps, reishi mushroom, freeze-dried berries, Siberian ginseng, lemon, prebiotic powder, and red beet. It's in the Organifi Red Juice. And they're offering you 20% off, which you will not find anywhere else. Just head over to joshtrent.com forward slash Organifi. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, joshtrent.com forward slash Organifi. You get 20% off your entire order. So you can take these energizing superfood adaptogens to your family, to yourself, and let them nourish yourselves. Wow. You taste something delicious. Being healthy, being well does not have to be boring and does not. I repeat, does not have to taste bad. It can be tasty. It can be nourishing and you can save a bunch of money. Josh Trent.com forward slash Organify. Use the code wellness force. You get 20% off your order.
1: What's one thing a woman like your woman does that you feel like, ah, oh, thank you.
0: Sometimes, um, sometimes she has to be primed. So I might have to express to her because she's taking care of our son. So all day long, she's, doing 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 right so when i come home she might not have the spaciousness inside of her to be to be soft to me cuz she she needs softness herself after taking care of our son and doing all the things in the house and everything else but i think really the the, the way to open up everything is just to say i'm going to take a breath and i'm going to share what i need i'm actually just going to hey babe really means a lot to me when i come home for you to hug me or for you to give me a kiss or and then for her she might say hey it, I can do that for you. It really means a lot to me that when you come home, that you relieve me of Nova, you relieve me of our son so that I can like take a breath and do whatever I need to do. I think the the thing that I love the most is a gentle touch, like a hand on my shoulders, a kiss on my cheek, just a breath or th- breath or two together. That's, that's big. And I think that <laughs> the last thing I'll say is I think that any kind of resentment in relationships or any kind of unprocessed trauma, it can block that conscious communication. It can block me wanting to share what I need or her wanting to share what she needs. And that's a process. You know, it's a process to unpack that. Mm, I see this with all relationships. I'm just speaking from mine, but I think every relationship, there's a call for higher levels of masculine service. And there's also a, a call for, for feminine cooling. And that's not all women are designed to do. I'm not saying that women just need to be air conditioner, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like y'all have your responsibilities too. Of course. So, so I, I think, and it's a deeper conversation and I promise I'll be quiet after this just for a moment. At least don't. Um, I, I feel like there is a, there's a darkness in this world. There's a, there's gender dysphoria campaigns. There's attacks on our, our amygdala. There's a, there's a real mental war coming to us right now. And it's confusing people. It's confusing little boys and girls about if they are little boys and girls. It's confusing men and women about what it means to actually be a nature-based man or woman, a nature-based man or woman. And I think there's a, there's a real dishonoring of God. There's a real dishonoring of, of what we were designed here to be. And I think that needs to be honestly looked at by all of us, because I think that's what's creating the, the disconnect.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to go into this society's sedation as you, you put it on your podcast. Uh, yeah, go there.
0: Well, you and I are expressing right now, like I'm, you're giving me a great space to, to share and there's things that we've talked about that I've never actually connected. And it's so fun because there's a lightness here. And society, it celebrates partying and drinking and it celebrates, quote, being light But it doesn't really celebrate deep heartfelt connection like you and I are having. And when we don't have deep heartfelt connection, when we're not being authentic about what we need, what our dreams are, when our dreams are not encouraged, and then of course that's connected to generational trauma, which we're all manifesting and we're all being in the soup of it now. In other words, my grandparents, my parents, and me, I'm a byproduct of how society has matured. And in my opinion, Society hasn't matured as much as I would like it to mature, because if you look back to the campaigns in World War II, or if you look back to the propaganda that we've all been fed from Nixon and Watergate, all the way up into the agricultural—it's not revolution. I actually feel like it's a—it's a de-revolution, and the way that food and monocrops are grown, and the—the poisons in our water, and the—and the. devaluation of our nutrients and our food and the way that we are taught to drive and drive and drive and, you know, make space for the family and the white picket fence and the boat. We all just need a deep breath. We need to like pull back on the gas pedal. GDP and year over year growth is making us all sick. It's making us all fucking sick and we all know it, but, 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 only a selected few, like you and I, or, or the people with us, have the courage to like let off the gas pedal and say, "Hey, y'all, we're going way too fast. We're going way too fast, and we're sacrificing what we're what we were brought here to do, which is to express ourselves, to have authentic expression. And so, how how society is sedating us, Nikki, is like we are victims of this sedation where we drink, we have sex, we shop, we watch porn, we overwork, we go to the bar, we do anything and everything to get away from what is actually real for us, because sedation is easier to accept than our own emotions. Being sedated is easy for men. If you want to sedate a man, give him comfort. (laughs) Give him comfort, give him porn, give him food, give him anything. And he will become a moldable ball of clay that is of no service to society. If you want to see the, the result of, of society sedating women, look at the way that women have been treated for 150 years. They weren't able to vote. They weren't able to express themselves. They weren't seen as equal. I mean, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's really fucked up, but, but that's a product of women tr- being sedated, which is why we see the fifth wave feminism. And I have a whole theory on that. I think that anytime something is, is um, lacking, naturally nature hates a vacuum. So we will go to the other side where women don't need men and men, men are bad and uh, men need to be treated a certain way. You need to watch out for men. I think that there is a middle ground and the way that society sedation is playing out right now is it's pitting us against each other. It's, it's making men soft and not masculine and playing video games. And I, I, I'm not anti video games. I know I brought up that analogy a few times. I'm just, I'm just using that as an example because a lot of men allow themselves to be distracted by comfort. And when we get distracted by comfort and we fall into that trap, it can be really hard to get out of it. And then on a subtle level, our women disrespect us. They don't, they don't hold us in high regard anymore because we're not being a man. We're not actually fulfilling the role of the provider, the hunter, the, the lover, you know, the, the one that's proud to hold the space. And so there's a lot there, but society sedation is a tool that is being used by our government, by mass media, and unfortunately by the CCP, the the Chinese communist party.
1: What do you think the overarching goal of sedation would be? Here, Here, play with me for a minute. Wouldn't you think that a society that is evolved and thinking big and would create more affluence if, it, if it's related to finances somehow, which most often these bigger conglomerates are after some kind of profit, right? Right. Um, wouldn't a society that's thriving be more valuable than a sedated one?
0: Well, from a lens of equality and from a lens of love, Yeah. But that's not the lens they're looking through. When I say they, I mean the people that actually run things behind the scenes. It's not a conspiracy theory. We all know that the government is a corporation. Uh, it is. It's it's owned by some of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, the BlackRock Capital, things like that. The trillion dollar investment portfolios. That's what runs the world. And we're all just kind of playing in the matrix, pretending like it's not happening. But the reality is that it's happening. It's happening right now. And the reason it's happening is because we haven't had the collective courage summoned yet to just simply say no. We don't have to be violent. We don't have to, you know, fight against things. We actually could just say no. No is such a powerful word. If I if I just said no more often to things in life, if all of us said no more often, naturally nature would bring us back to center and then the world you're talking about would exist but we need more courage. We we have to be more courageous. And I say have to be because we have to be. We really do. We're in that space. It's not like I want us to be more or we get to be more courageous. There is I understand the etymology and and of have versus get. We have to be more courageous now because we are in that vacuum. We've allowed ourselves to to really be lazy as people. And I think that there's some some wisdom in that because the pendulum is swinging back to the center.
1: Yeah. Doing the work, I'm bringing it back now full circle, doing the work of like looking at your core wounds Yeah, is temporarily discomfortable. It is discomforting. Yeah. I mean, it's much more comfortable to go get a drink of alcohol. <laughs> it's much more totally. delightful than doing ayahuasca, uh, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but... The other side of it is just like brilliance and so much more light and ease and grace and flow. Yeah. Um, but you do have to ha- you have to have the courage to f- to look at what's not working or what's what specifically we have automated. So I, I've studied the brain. I love the brain; fascinates me. And we automate during a period of our childhood that we can't really. Decipher or what's good programming or not, right? Yeah. We just automate our parents' behavior, and and then it takes the rest of our lives in us essentially. If you're if you're really ha. yeah, <laughs> um, to it, to then reprogram, as Joe Dispenza would say, uh, your your subconscious and yeah. and choose with your new adult mind what really does serve you and how you want to think and what you want to automate um and it it requires it it goes it's actually we're going against again we're going against our natural process uh, our brain is designed to to automate to take things personally to to have self doubt like all of these basically malfunctions in my view <laughs> right yeah. i mean automation is obviously a great thing cuz then you don't have to think about a million things while you're just doing one mhm mhm Right. so there's benefit and uh it it harms
0: us it can be so confronting and so violent to the ego, the unintegrated ego, that there's an awareness of what must be done. Like I need to look at why I act like my father, or I need to, I need to understand why I keep going from relationship, 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 and getting the exact same result. There is something under the water that is not being brought to the surface. Would you say that's true yes. for, for many of us in this world? Yeah. Look at people that have been through four marriages. Now, I'm not judging them, but if you've been through four marriages, your soul is trying to bring you the partner that's going to be courageous enough to make you heal. But you are rejecting these partners because you're making them wrong. Yeah. And I've done this. Mm. You know, like in the relationship I'm in now, there is all kinds of opportunities for me to see where I'm not integrated. Absolutely. I'm not here to say I'm a fully integrated being. None of us are. Even uh, like that, I, I use Tony Robbins. He's not fully integrated. He's highly integrated, but he's not fully integrated. It's not like he's a Maharishi in India. The we are here in the 3D world, and it, it, there's so much nuance and so many layers that we that we must explore in order for us to have this this courage, this awareness. That I am not judging people that don't want to walk the spiritual path. I'm not. I'm not saying that. That They should be shamed because it's it's really challenging it's really challenging to be a, a spiritual person it's it's glamorized it's commoditized in our world it's It's nice to have a perfectly planned instagram channel that you pay to coach who coach coaches to coach other coaches to coach you on <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but brilliant. but to actually be a spiritual being, it requires insane humility insane humility to the point where even with all the downloads I've had, and even with all the work that I've done, I am consistently presented with lessons where I am not integrated, mm. where my ego is requesting integration.
1: What does that mean? I go there a little bit more.
0: Well, if, if you look at, I don't know if you've ever been to the, the Yucca Valley, there's a, a, a there's a beautiful sphere there. It's called the Integratron. And, um, also Buckminster Fuller, he, he made a, a science around this with biotensegrity. I think you've seen domes where the structure of the domes, they're all connected. I wish I had a, a visual, kind of like what's on the rug here. Everything's connected in perfect shapes. And so, when something's integrated, it means it's whole. It means that it has uh, structure, and it means that it, it can withstand any kind of insults or projections, or it can withstand anything because it has integrity. It is, It is integrated. So, it is embodied with the lessons that it's learned. And I mean it by, by saying ego. So my ego is presented in my relationship and in my life, opportunities for further integration where I might have my little uh, biotensegrity dome, but there's all these little parts that maybe they're missing a, a piece, right? And so when my partner, or when life brings me opportunities, I can, I can either have the humility and the courage to say, oh, all right, let me see this for what it is. I can apologize for the things that I've done wrong. I can stand for what I believe. That's integrity. That That's being integrated. When I'm integrated in my ego, that means that my ego is not controlled by all the traumas and all the evidence that it has gathered to make me show up in a way that's not congruent with my soul. So when I have integrity, when I have an, an integrated ego, that means that I'm expressive. I'm you know, I'm a little boy just playing in the sand or I'm a little girl just playing in the playground. Like, but I'm also an adult and I also have healthy boundaries and I'm integrated within myself. I have embodied all these lessons I have taken in, I have digested, and I have fortified the scaffolding of myself so that my soul can withstand any kind of demand, any kind of projection or any kind of storm that comes its way. But unfortunately, like, that's really fucking hard. <laughs> that's really fucking hard to do. So so we just, I just, we just keep moving forward. We just move forward a little bit more each day. And progressively over time, that's what heals generational trauma because you might not ever be perfectly integrated in your life. And I might not ever be perfectly integrated in my ego. But to the degree that I can improve, then my son is more integrated. And I think I just had this feeling like, a thousand years from now, when love wins and when we're, you know, society is looking back, they'll go, wow, thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you so much, Josh, for doing the work that you did. Even though you knew in your lifetime you would never do it all. You would never be perfect. You would never be fully integrated. You would always have triggers. And that's okay. And I think I think that's where we need to go. I think that's the world that I would love to create. Mm. But unfortunately, right now, Because of the theater that we signed up for, um, there's so much of unintegration. There's so many people that are not integrated in their ego, that those are the people that hold the most finance and the most control in the world.
1: Ah, okay. I was wondering how this relates to uh, the sedation concept. Yeah. So it's the unintegrated creating this idea or desire for an unintegrated world. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Yeah. Well, what's the ego's job? The ego's job, the mind's job is it's only two things. It's to give and receive information and protect ourselves. That's it. That's all it does, right? The mind's kind of (laughs) dumb. I mean, I've never really, the mind is highly intelligent. That's not true. (laughs) But the the mind is a reptile. You know, we have the reptilian stem in there and everything. And so if I can just use those two faculties in a conscious way, this is where the EI2 process comes in. And there's an emotional inventory process there. If I can be in alignment there, then my mind won't make me a slave. And when my mind's not making me a slave, then I can actually receive the lessons that the world is asking me for. I can receive the lessons that, that my partner and my friends are asking us for. So, so the way that the unintegrated ego drives the further sedation of society is because it's just falling into that safety gap. If the brain splits and it gives and receives information and it keeps us safe, well, giving, receiving information is beautiful, but it has to keep us alive. I mean, the the brain's primary job, our entire physiology is wired at, the, at its core level to keep us alive, to keep us safe. And so, in order for us to transcend from just the trappings and the structure of the mind, we have to be able to listen with our hearts, listen with our soul, ha- have uncomfortable conversations and, and do the hard work. And you know, that in my experience, I don't know how you feel in my experience that only happens from a dedication, from a place that I don't understand. I feel like it could be God's love. I feel like it could be the universe working through me or working through us, but I, I can't put words on it. I don't know what makes some people lean into the spiritual work and some people not. Some could call it, some could call it Dharma some could call it free will. Some could call it soul contract, but I'm not sure. I don't have the answer for that. You know, it's, I think it's just honoring the mystery of why some people are spiritual and driven and some people are not, and on either path, there's, there does not need to be judgment on either path.
1: No, it's just what we're exposed to. In one way, it's what we're exposed to. And in another way, it's, there is an internal driving force that will find it. yes right like you could be born like Schwarzenegger was born in this tiny little town that nobody really left and they all kind of right but I mean, he was like no i'm going to america <laughs> he's also
0: got a massive shadow hmm cuz we all do
1: yeah of course my my point there is like there's there's this, some people have this burning desire yeah to seek out the wisdom the knowledge the the expansion and and to to shine a light on that shadow whereas others are like I'll just ignore it with my sedation techniques. I mean, It's it's just a fascinating. It's just a fascinating concept. Like, wh- where does that force back to the force word come from? Yeah. Is it within or can it be from external? I guess it it can be both.
0: You know what feels the most true for me of all these conversations I've had and just sitting here with you at forty two years old, I, I really feel like that that it factor or that thing that you and I are talking about. I think it is the expression of God or the expression of the universe. I really do. But not from a place of hubris where I'm just like, I'm a light being, I'm a warrior of God. Well, if you are, then you have to be willing to to go through the challenges of that too. It's not all love and light. But I think that it factor is God expressing God's self through us combined with, and this is where it gets like way out there, <laughs> combined with our free will. Mm. So I can have a soul contract. I can come in here to planet earth. I can be a a warrior for good. I can be connected to God. I can have a a spiritual connection with a higher power. And I can also choose based on things that happen that I don't want to walk the path anymore, or I want to just live a more comfortable life because of there's only so much that each generation can do. There's only so much that each generation can do to, to leave the next generation better. And um, I don't shame my parents. I don't, I don't shame people for that. I just think that their free will is theirs and I will never I will never understand your free will in the exact same way that you understand it. And you'll never understand mine. So there's there's so many layers
1: there. So many layers. Because as you were saying that, I just heard it there are specific people in each generation that lead the march.
0: They're way showers. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And what's their driving, Why, how do they, what is the force that has them step ahead of the crowd and guide the way? It fascinates me.
0: I can share mine. Mine is the feeling of sadness and grief and pain of knowing what else is possible. Mm. That's, what, that's what makes me a way shower. Not in an egoic way where I'm like, yeah, Nikki, I'm a way shower. I yeah. mean, like, no, I, I am. I'm a way shower. And I want to show the way based on what I've experienced, yeah. and what some part of me that I can't explain, maybe it's God, what some part of me knows is possible. Yeah. that knowing of what's possible is what drives me through the dark. It's what drives me through all the things that, that try to dim my light, that try to push me down. And you know, maybe also it comes from a hypervigilance. I think I think in order to be way shower you have to have resilience you have to have resilience and vigilance but then in true paradox you can't let that control you either
1: you know it's interesting as resilience is formed through hardship that's right and i i've always i've always liked to explore this concept of like why does the human condition need to be knocked down in order to be built back up like why, why can't we just come out through love be loved on throughout our whole childhood, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then come out as these loving beings that just are delighted to be around and spread love.
0: Well, this is why. I mean, that's such. <laughs> this, I've had that thought so much. Yeah. And, and and when I was a little kid, I have a specific. I don't have a lot of memories before age ten, but I specifically remember thinking and feeling, "Why can't y'all adults just be nicer to each yeah. other? <laughs> like, what? What the fuck?" Like, why, why are y'all being so mean to each other yeah. all the time? What is that? And the only thing I can, I can know that's true is that you and I came here knowing what this was going to be, but we came from a place where it doesn't exist. Like, we came in here where that meanness, that, that harshness, that duality, like, me against you, pain, love, dark light. We came from a place somewhere that that doesn't exist in, like a zero point field, right? My mentor, Paul, says we're, you know, God is, is no thing and everything at the same time. Now this is, we're getting out there. So if we're getting too far, you just pull us back in.
1: I don't know, keep going. But,
0: but if we're nothing and everything at the same time, and we all emanate from that space, well, then you and I are just a unique point of consciousness from that place, expressing itself here in what was created by that space.
1: But if that space is so pure and loving, why all the deception and and shitty behavior?
0: I think that that's the only way that God knows God's self. That's the only way. Because we could sit here, this is a very philosophical, I mean, we're going like, we're now in like 14th D forget about five D we're like, up. no, I love this because I'll tell you what I've had so many like days where I sit and actually feel and think into this. And I, I, I have a sense that there's no way in these meat suits and in this physical 3d being area that we live in, there's no way that we would ever get the full answer. It's kind of like um, Alan Watts said, you can't, you can't touch the tip of your own finger and you can't bite your own teeth. So to actually, to actually understand where all things come from isn't possible in this realm because we're here in the space where all things have come from, but we all sign up to forget. I've had so many people tell me this on the podcast. And if you look at the religious text, um, it's in the logos. We drink from the river of forgetfulness. Everybody drinks from the river of forgetfulness. And I think we do that on purpose because we couldn't play the game here as well if we all knew exactly with full, full clarity what was going to happen when the game ends. We have to play the game so full out and so hardcore and be so in it that we signed up to be here and forget. So it gives me hope. And that's what makes me feel the best in life. It gives me hope that when we leave, that there's something so magical and so beautiful and there's such an eternity out there that the unique expression of, of you and I as, as these points of consciousness, um, there's no meaning and there's meaning at the same time,
1: <laughs> which
0: is both, it's both like brings up sadness. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I won't get to talk to Nicky anymore. I won't get to hold my son anymore. I won't, I won't get to do all these things that I love, but in true paradox, like if that wasn't there, if we could live forever and there was a guarantee that we would have eternal life, would this moment with you and I be anything like it is? Would our relationships be anything like they are? There, there's if there's no contrast and no polarity, and there's a guarantee for everything, for your safety and for everything, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be living. That that wouldn't actually be life. Life is inherently dangerous. Life is inherently sad. Life is inherently beautiful. Life is inherently joy. So we have to have it all.
1: I love it. Yeah. I was going to come in with this question. Uh, what is the meaning of life? I was going to hit you with a bomb at first. And then I was like, all right, we'll ease into it. We'll get to it at the end. <laughs>
0: My ego lit up right there. Oh, she's asking me what the meaning of life is. I think, I, I think, I feel, I know, I think I feel I know that, that the meaning of life is for me to to be of service from this spark that i have to be of service from this from this knowing of what's possible so if i can if i can have a spark of curiosity in me and if i can move my life and all the people that i come in contact with to truly what's possible and i do that to the best that i can that's the meaning of life mm. that's the meaning of cuz mine's going to be super different than yours or, or anyone else's with us the meaning of life is how you express your spark and your curiosity of the potential of what's possible that's that's the meaning of life and and the meaning of life could be um being a great parent or running a gardening business or running a podcast or it could be literally anything as long as it is expressing itself through you in an integrity based way yeah yeah And that can change over, over. maybe in 15 years, maybe I won't do a podcast, maybe I'm doing something else. But as long as I'm pulling from that spark and that knowing of what's possible, I mean, that's meaning, you know, that's purpose, that's meaning.
1: I love it. I love it. My my purpose, I feel, is to raise human consciousness, starting with my own, of course, humble leader, 100%, but is to raise human consciousness, is to, which is, as I say that, is kind of Interesting, because if we've come from this higher consciousness, we come down here to then play in this lower level consciousness to then raise it. It's, it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> like, <laughs> you get it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the it's
0: only way that I can make sense of what you just said, and also the only way that I can make sense of a lot of the things that I've said, is just simply to honor the mystery. Mm. This is why I think religion is so attractive. And and I'm not slighting people that go to church. I think, gosh, at least they're practicing spiritual growth. Cool, you know? But the challenge with religion, and I looked at the etymology of this recently, is that it has Latin roots in the word bond. So, so to religion, it's it's bonding. It's So I, I understand that. But whenever you're bonded to one thing, it can in its shadow have dogma. So if I'm bonded to one way of being, or if I'm bonded to having a religion, which most of the wars in the world are fought because Islam, Christianity, they look at the crusades. I mean, that's a whole podcast, right? Anytime that I am bonded to a dogma and I can't see anything else, that's not God. That's not God. There's no way that's God. There's no way that God is an infinite omnipresent energy that created all things is is viewing us and saying, wow, thank you for for honoring creation. No way. No way. But I can honor creation by saying, huh, what are the great things about each religion, or what are the great things about each one of these belief sets? And can we evolve through the rest? You know, the the mystery of that, honoring the mystery of all the things that you and I have talked about today, that is what everyone's looking for. Everyone's looking for <sighs> everyone's looking for that deep breath and that knowing that all is okay. And that when we leave here, that we're supported and that when we're whatever happens in life, that we're supported and we are. And if I choose to believe that, then my life here is more pleasurable. My life here is more loving. Now, if I don't choose to believe that my life here is way more challenging. My life here, you know, I, I don't know how atheists do it, you know, because (laughs) no, truly if I was an atheist, like, so there's no meaning to this at all. And when I die, that's it. Well, yeah, but if you're so strongly believed that that's the truth, then the very same logic that you're using to decipher how you navigate your life is exactly the opposite of what you're fighting against. So, if somebody's an atheist, they have a full certainty that when we die, that's it and there's no meaning. Well, how do they know that? Most atheists will say, well, because show me the proof. Show me the proof that there's a God. Show me the proof that there's something more. Well, there is none. There is no proof. It's only what we decide. So if I decide that I'm gonna look for the evidence in this world that there is God, I'm gonna feel things through those other two lenses besides just the mind. Atheists are victim of the mind. Most, I would say all, the the whole path of atheism is purely intellectual. There's no spirituality in, in atheism, as far as I'm concerned, because atheism doesn't do that very special thing that you and I have been talking about, and that is honoring the mystery, honoring the sadness that we die And having joy and gratitude that at least we're fucking here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. At least we're here and at least we get to have this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Last question. If little Josh were sitting next to you right now, what would you say to him?
0: I don't think I would say anything. I think I would just hold him like I hold my son. Hmm. And I would and when he looks up at me, I would just I would might say something like, I got you. Or, or I would say, you know, everything's okay. I got you. Everything's okay.
1: That's what you want to leave Nova with?
0: Yeah. And because that's what he's going to leave if he wants to have kids, his kids with. If I'm okay and he knows that, and that's a huge question. If I'm okay, basically unpacks every single thing we've talked about. (laughs) You know, that phrase, I'm okay. It's like, it's like reductionizing all the wisdom you and I have shared. But if he feels that from me, and if he hears that from me, if he, if he sees me in that way, then, then that's what he is going to be an expression of in the world. We've talked about a lot in the, the generational trauma that you've had through you know, the, the Holocaust in your family and the generational trauma that I've had through uh, my own father and my own mother. Like it's not about shaming them. No. It's not about making them wrong. Like, shit, they brought us life. I'm grateful to my yeah. parents. Yeah, I'm grateful. Much. I'm grateful for them. Yeah. They brought me here. And we're the chosen ones. I don't mean that like in a cocky way. The fact that you and I get to d- sit here and have this conversation and we get to live our lives in a certain way where we are supported financially and we're supported just to do this. I mean, that is the ultimate salve for anything that we have gone through, anything that's traumatized us. And so it's actually an honoring to our parents and it's an honoring to our grandparents and to our whole ancestral line that we show up in this way and that we're honest about things because we have the capacity. We're the chosen ones because we have the capacity. We have the, we have the cameras, we have the technology, we have the connectability, we have the spaciousness where we're not spending eight to 12 hours a day just trying to get food. You know we're we live a luxurious life, you and I, most of us here here in North America, and so there it would actually be a dishonoring and a disservice to my parents, my grandparents, and my ancestors if if we weren't showing up in this way. It would be a dishonoring, and that's not a, a judgment, that's just an awareness like wow, look at all they've gone through to bring us here to, so that we could be here right now mm-hmm. why why would we not? Why would we not be hungry for the truth? Why would we not want to to live to that potential? Why would we not? That they're they're cheering for us wherever they are. They're they're wanting us to 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 move towards that space where maybe they are. Maybe they're there in that space going, Ha, you guys signed up for the coolest game ever. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> uh, a hypnotherapist once said to me, We we came from peace. We're here for the drama. I was like, Oh,
0: wow!
1: <laughs> oh, wow, okay,
0: that's powerful. It's next level, <laughs> yeah, that's powerful,
1: yeah, but I love that i love I love everything you've shared thank you very thank much. you thank really you. This
0: was it. like really, really special
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the questions you've asked, and it's been a long time since somebody sat and asked me such deep, intricate things. So huge honor to you for the way that you run your show and the questions you ask.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. What a blessing. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hmm.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for being with us today on the wellness and wisdom podcast. I so appreciate your time. Time is our most valuable resource. And I am truly honored with my hand on my heart that you would spend it here with us. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend, share it with someone who you think would really benefit and their life would become richer and better and more vital from the intelligence that you received. Now that you've become more intelligent from this episode, take your journey to the next level, head over to joshtrent.com forward slash M21. This is where you're going to get a free wellness guide. That'll give you a starting place, a guide, a framework for you to actually move forward from where you are to where you want to be, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, even financial, These are six science-backed practices that I've pulled from 500-plus episodes that I'm going to distill down into just the juice, just the nuggets. Do this, joshtrent.com forward slash M21. There's free breathwork practices inside of this wellness guide. It's 21 minutes every single morning to create a new path for you, which if you take different actions, you will get a different result. joshtrent.com forward slash M21 to get your free wellness guide and kickstart, reset your path towards wellness and wholeness. Also in the guide make sure that you check out our breathwork program, breathe breath and wellness. I created it from traveling the world over 4 years and interviewing and working with some of the biggest and most powerful names in the entire breathwork industry. It's breathwork.io and the code is podcast25. That's 25% off at breathwork.io. This is where I will personally guide you over 3 weeks to have all the fundamentals of you to know how to clear your stress with your breath in less than three weeks. We've had students from across the world. You can check out some of the testimonials at breathwork.io where people use their breath to change their life and to change the way that their mind thinks and what they believe about themselves and the world. What's possible, what love is possible and what new things are possible in their life for the road ahead. Breathwork.io use the code podcast 25 and I cannot wait to see you in the program.